Welcome everyone to another episode of the Plastic Cards Podcast. My name is Fonzie. Today we have the honor of having none other than Kyle Stevenson, aka Who Dat Ninja Seventy Three on Twitter. Kyle's host of the Best Friends Talk Funny Podcast, co-host of the PS Trophy Room Podcast, Dollar Slice Podcast, Platform Agnostic, co-runner of At Kenda NYC. Kyle, how the hell are you? I'm doing great. I always giggle when someone has to intro me and they just run down the list of obviously way too many things. <laughs> it's a lengthy one, man. I want to get into how you have the energy to keep doing what you do. Like it's it's sure. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh especially during the times we're we're in now where we're kind of stuck inside. I look forward to doing all these many things. Uh, right. Especially since I don't have that human interaction daily when I go out and and, and work. So uh, any chance I get to sit down with somebody else and just talk about either something I'm nerdy about or getting to know each other a little bit better, I'm totally down with that. Yeah, I hear you. Especially now, just like you said, like uh, luckily, you know, there's people that are already been doing this. And so you can kind of just either expand or kind of like isolate and focus on one thing that you love. Yeah. But like this helps to just get that outlet out there because we don't have it right now. We're stuck inside. Absolutely. Yeah. On the, on the flip side of that though, when I do work and have a job to go to and do all these other things, yeah, it does get a little, a little too much, but that at the end of the day, if we want to keep striving to break into the industry, whatever way we can, like you got to keep grinding, you got to keep going. So. Yeah. That's one thing I keep hearing. Um, and it's funny. I'll listen to a bunch of different like comedy podcasts and that's the same through line with comedians where, after you know five ten years they look around and who's left is who didn't stop doing it like all the people around them of course you have to have that talent that you know that drive but a lot of it's just not quitting and eventually realize oh it's just you know the people that i came up with that kept going yeah if you want something bad enough you're you're gonna keep going uh no matter how tough it is and believe me i've hit my my roadblocks before where i was like yeah man i'll just take another week off and then that other week you know snowballs into like two three weeks and then i kind of kick myself in the can we curse yeah go for it all right uh kick kick myself in the ass and be like you know what get off your your lazy butt and uh you know get going to what you want to keep doing also i like how i said can we curse i said lazy butt (laughs) (laughs) no you really let the let the let it loose there yeah woo! (laughs) we're in pg territory now yeah Nice, Kyle. So, yeah, I want to get into how did you start podcasting? What, you know, brought you into – I imagine you started as a fan. How did you jump into this? You know, I want to try this out. Yeah, so um, it all started when I, I, I found Podcast Beyond way back in the day. I was looking for uh, some sort of trophy guide or, or walkthrough, and I stumbled on IGN and saw this whole PlayStation only thing, and PlayStation is my bread and butter. That's what I love Um I don't take it too far, like some fanboys out there. Like I love all <laughs> games, and PlayStation is is my jam. Yep. Um, and then uh, you know, obviously went into uh, that was Greg and Colin, um, who are who founded kind of funny with Tim Geddes and Nick Starpino, and I just love their stuff. And I always since that point loved the idea of podcasts of talking to people and somebody as somebody in high school who was super shy. I didn't really talk to a whole lot of people because I'm very self-conscious and uh, my self-confidence was was super and self-esteem was super low. Um, I always thought that would be a good way for me to kind of grow my conversational skills as well as like break out of my shell a little bit. So it wasn't until um, doing community events for the kind of funny community in New York City, just fan run and everything, not really like officially associated with them. Um I ran into Joe, Mr. Badbit, at mm. one of them, and uh, a couple weeks later, he was like, hey, I need a co-host for an episode of uh, the PlayStation podcast he was doing. And I always, since the Finding Beyond, I was like, I would love to be on a PlayStation podcast to talk about PlayStation. And he gave me a shot, and since then, like, we're over 100 episodes of the Trophy Room, which is our nice. PlayStation podcast then. And then once I got that, that confidence up and boosted, I started best friends talk funny and then found other people to do dollar slice and platform agnostic with me and like yeah uh, and now i'm guessing on your amazing show like i just want to talk all the time like that's what i want to do <laughs> yeah you're definitely getting the plastic card bump you're gonna see that in your numbers it's gonna be hell yeah to the roof <laughs> i can't wait i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> no if anything it's the completely opposite because it's just a very small uh, <laughs> ship that we got here but we're doing our thing. Hey, it's fine. The small <laughs> ship still works. It still floats, right? That uh, Technically, yes. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so 
I, I'm very curious with uh, you not only, you know, are doing um, trophy room, but it's like you have all these different outlets. So when did you decide I want to keep stacking the workload on top of all this? It, it kind of just happened organically, honestly. Um, yeah, every week doing PlayStation stuff with Joe on the trophy room was great. But I, in the back of my mind, I always had the thought of doing what what is Best Friends Talk Funny, which is just a one-on-one show getting to know people a bit better and showcasing why that community is so awesome um just because of how much that community gave back to me especially with uh god what year was it i think it was 2016 i believe i lost my ability to teach there was a mix up in um my teaching certification in new york state and i basically had to redo all of the state testing and go do 100 hours of professional development and stuff it was basically out of a job for a year so i was rock bottom like beyond depressed and because of their content and the facebook group and people on twitter they really like the use that you mentioned boats like they really raised my boat up and 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 got my my myself back to a a stable level so i i view that show as a way to give back in whatever small way and um it just kind of went on since with the kind of nyc stuff just we wanted to branch out from just doing community stuff in New York City and just try to see if we can, you know, get better as content creators. Yeah, it's pretty nuts. You touched on that, how it's kind of a, a weird thing with podcasting where you'll listen to hours and hours of someone talk. You've never met them, but you feel like mm-hmm. you know them and it's this weird connection and you these communities that build out of that. And you really can help people out of ruts. It can inspire people, and it's it's conversations with people you've never met, but you technically do know yeah. them. It's very strange. Absolutely, and that's something when I I see people who are nervous to go to like a kind of funny best friends meetup anywhere, and they're like nervous to like talk to other people, which I totally get. I'm not shaming anybody for that feeling because I still feel it from time to time. But when you realize that you all love the same things, you have one thing in common automatically that you love kind of funny. Right. So just talk about that, and then it will just oh, you'll find someone loves an anime that you love or a movie, you share a favorite game. Like it just becomes so easy. And like, it's it's pretty awesome to to know that these people, like you said, you've never met before, but you have so much in common that it's you just break the ice, take that one small step and you're off to the races. It's, it's different with, um, so I go to a lot of, I used to go to a lot of concerts and it's funny, like where there's one, um, one thing tying us all together, seeing this band, or whatever yeah. but but really i'm uh, often i'm there like with my wife and stuff and it's like oh i hate everybody here like the only thing we have in common is yeah. this concert but i feel like it's different with the podcast because it's like it's uh it's personality based it's conversational you kind of isolate and find the people that think like you do or find the same sense of humor and it's way more personal that way yeah i when it comes to like difference between like you said concerts and like podcasts and stuff podcasts depending on what the topic is they really let you into their lives so like you feel like you're getting to know them as a person where music you still kind of get that way but it's kind of veiled over you know guitar drum bass whatever the genre is so it's 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 there but it's not upfront like podcasts like it's right. i think it's easier to get to know somebody through podcasts and music yeah um when did you when did you realize that like uh i really rather let me take a step back when you started podcasting is there something that you didn't realize until way later on that it's it's just like a heavy workload or something you didn't realize was going to be a bigger part of your day being a podcaster or being in that community uh editing yeah <laughs> editing is a, a huge one uh I, I just thought like you record the audio you put it together boom you're done right nope not at all i think my first episode that i did on my own uh editing wise for best friends talk funny was with uh zyger from the kind of funny community and it took us two tries because the first try there's an audio uh, issue on his end with his headphones and he was using a headset mic uh, and there was something wrong there and then we did it again and uh my first experience with like audio drift if where like our computers are on different clock speeds or whatever i still don't fully understand it but like my audio would drift right faster than his and we'd be out of sync at some point and find that spot and cut out empty space and it took me like a month and a half to do the first episode and now I can do that within an hour if yeah. it's everything's good. Um, but the yeah, editing was a huge thing I didn't realize. 
paying for a service to host uh, the podcast. The RSS feed was something I did not realize it would be uh, crazy. And finding one that is in my price range uh, or free because I don't make a whole lot of money. So, And I, I definitely want to keep doing this. So that was definitely a, a wake-up call for sure. How did you also, you mentioned like early on, you're younger, uh, you, you're kind of, it's, it's hard for you to come out of your shell. How did you then decide or break through that with podcasting? It's very much like it's on you to be personality or to be honest, yeah. to, to have a conversation. How did you build that confidence to, to do what you do? It, it's 100% because I took the step to meet people in real, per, in real life uh, through the, the strangers that I know online and then finally seeing them face to face. And if I could do that, I can do, do it over a computer. Like, I feel it's like it's way less stressful doing it over a computer. Um, although there, there are, I've had some people on that I've been a little starstruck almost because of mm. y- their, uh, their presence in the internet community. Like, sure. I'd be like, oh, crap. Like, we had uh, Khalif Adams on from Spawn on Me on Trophy Room a couple weeks ago. I was like, oh, my God, this is intense. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, like, I had Blessing on Best Friends Talk Funny. I was like, oh, my right. God, this is and Chloe, like I need, I need to focus and make sure I don't say something stupid or mess this up. Um, but that's that nothing compares to me, how nervous I was meeting someone in real life for the first time. Uh, that was, that was insane. Gotcha. <laughs> but shout out to Jordan, 32 bit player on Twitter. He was, uh, the first person I really met. And from there we were like, all right, I'm good. I'm done. I can do this. Nice. You mentioned, uh, yeah. the stress of like meeting people in person. You know what I don't miss after all this, uh, quarantine corona stuff is like shaking someone's hand the stress of like messing that up you ever fuck up a handshake i hate that oh absolutely <laughs> so many times you put out a hand and they're going for a fist bump right or they weren't even expecting a handshake and your hand's just kind of out there <laughs> and <laughs> you're afraid like if you take it away they'll notice and like yep. i don't know it's you try to hug them or something neuroses absolutely right. <laughs> yeah i'm notorious for going for a hug when people don't aren't expecting one <laughs> Because like, I am oh, a hugger no. first and foremost, exactly. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't even know what it's going to be after this. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, will there be no more hugs, no more handshakes? It's weird. It's, 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 yeah, that's, a, it's a hard time. I, I don't mind losing the whole handshake thing, just because I was always notorious for just messing it up. And it's kind of something you have to yeah. feel as it's happening. These like really quick micro adjustments in your brain to figure out what they're trying to do, and it's, it's a whole thing. It's way yeah. too stressful. Yeah, and stupid little things like handshake pressure how hard do you squeeze the other person's hand yeah i never got that i mean it's like is it a competition are we trying to just meet each other like what are we doing dominance is that what we're doing here i don't know (laughs) yeah there's very little there's little things like that i don't think i'm gonna miss when we get rid of it but absolutely uh touching on that like i just used a mask uh very recently in the store for the first time and it didn't feel weird like it was weird getting in my car i don't know how many times i put it on in my car and like i'd get to the store and take it off and i'm like i don't know what am i doing and then i finally did it was walking through the store the entire time and it felt fine felt normal i don't know what my issue was like getting through that but did you have any weirdness you know prepping oh, for that kind of thing absolutely i thought i was a crazy person in my car <laughs> the first time like i put on the mask and then we had um these like latex gloves around the house and i was like putting on gloves i thought like i was about to go rob the place and, <laughs> right and like people are looking at me like who the hell what is he doing <laughs> uh but yeah it's i'm i've gotten over that now i think it's it's really odd to to feel the opposite now when i see someone who's not wearing a mask mm, like man yep. you're stupid what are you doing right right <laughs> like yeah. you need to protect yourself like i don't understand <laughs> Yep. Really, the only thing now in 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 our way is just the weirdness of putting it on. But other than that, it's like an easy thing to make sure we're safe Absolutely. and other people are safe. It's like bare Absolutely, minimum stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Ho- and hopefully have a mask that is like a good one. Because right. I've had a, a knockoff one where like I was breathing and it was like sucking into my mouth, like I felt like I couldn't breathe. That's not uh, good. So you don't want to pass out at the supermarket just from wearing the mask. They, I, exactly. Yeah, I don't <laughs> want people to to help me out in there and the with all the germs and stuff. Yeah, and also I'm a, I'm a I wear glasses, so it's like constantly fogging. It's it's we replace the handshakes with the weirdness of getting the mask on. It's like it's just trading another yeah. social anxiety for another one. Yeah, I, at this point, I might even just write words on the outside of my mask now, like <laughs> "Hi, we're in this together" or something like that. Right, just so do that stare, which is you know they shouldn't <laughs> anyway. We're all we all should be wearing masks. Yeah, you know that's gonna be a whole other thing. Is just like the 
the art style like what do you wear in your mask what kind of brand mask you do you wear it's like is that going to be the whole like bullying thing with kids now it's like oh they're what did you have on your mask like what oh brand are you wearing like it's just a whole another whether God, you have I a nike not. mask or adidas mask <laughs> i you've got to think nike has a mask already right a branded mask like just do it or like yeah. just wear it with like the pump that, that has like, the, like the shoe pump oh on the my side. god <laughs> shout out to the the sneaker pumps man i thought i could jump so high with those yep yep oh yeah the leds i wish they, they try to make a comeback but it's like as an adult it's really hard to rock those leds on the shoes <laughs> i as a i man it's i don't know how to say this now because it's, it's still up in the air um i did work summer camp for the past decade or so uh i don't know if that's happening this year but when uh, the kids walk in with like the lights on their sneakers i'm like oh my god i wish i could rock those as an adult those look cool <laughs> do you think but so no. you had some uh teaching experience uh do you think that helped at all with like just having the conversation with knowing how to like round a conversation or get people in focus like with with teaching do you think those skills helped you out in, in that in the podcasting world oh yeah for sure um going back to like me in high school i was the kid who would like count how many paragraphs until it's my turn to read out loud. Uh, <laughs> and, and like, if I had to get up to read my essay or something, I would be freaking out all day. Cause of course, like English class would be in the afternoon. So I spent the whole the hours beforehand freaking out about reading sure. in front of everybody. Um, so when in college, when I decided I wanted to be a teacher and they like kind of force you to get up in front of everyone and teach lessons and be in front of kids and whatnot, it's definitely helped. It's definitely eased the nerves big time. Yeah. Uh, one of the questions I had for you, because you have so many podcasts, how do you avoid burnout? How do you kind of manage? Are you are you really great with, you know, listening to your body, listening to your mind when it comes to burnout? Or do you kind of run things at, you know, at, at red line and then it takes you something else to like really kind of br bring back the, the reins on that? Like, how do you manage that? Yeah, if if I'm feeling like I'm doing too much, I will skip a week. I'm not I'm not ashamed of that. I know it's probably not probably not the way to do it like if you want your podcast to keep growing but like in my eye like i'm not making money off of doing podcasting like i'm doing it for fun so if i'm not having fun if it's too much on me i will right. totally take a step back a week um luckily i have um the dollar slice show and platform agnostic are every other friday um so it's not like i'm doing those two shows every week i'm, I'm only doing like three a week and they I space them out as, as much as I can. Um, but yeah, if I'm, I have no shame in saying like, Hey, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'll skip it. I, I think my health at this stage of my life is more important than putting something out. There's plenty of stuff that I've already done that you can go back and listen to. If you, if you're missing an episode of mine, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think it also helps with, cause all the different uh, shows you do seem to kind of vary in like the subject matter. So that, does that help to kind of just break up the monotony of like only oh, yeah. covering one thing? Yeah, for sure. Uh, if I had four shows all about PlayStation, I'm sure I would, I don't know if I would be able to do it. So yeah. the fact that one is just a con or two are conversational shows, one is about what everyone is playing and one is PlayStation focused. Like, yeah, I think that's a, that's a big help for sure. Gotcha. With your, when you look to the future, do you have, are you kind of person that kind of really needs to detail everything bullet points with like things you want to hit, uh, hit marks you want to hit along the way, or do you kind of like leave it open-ended with your future as far as podcasting and growing that kind of thing? I mean, I have, I have the main goal, right? I have that, that the main goal that I've been striving for, for a couple of years. And I'm no stranger saying this. Like I want to be a member of kind of funny one day. I, no matter what role, the joke I've always said is like, if they need a janitor, I'll be their janitor. I <laughs> yeah. just want to be part of that culture and that 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 business over there. Um, but when it comes to like smaller milestones, uh, I just put out episode fifty of Best Friends Talk Funny, which is huge for me. Um, I want to get that to triple digits. I want to cross five thousand listens on that show, which I'm a couple hundred away on. I just want to keep growing, like uh, especially with best friends talk funny is the one that i really have like major goals in mind like that kind of stuff the other stuff if they grow i'm so happy that they'll grow and but like trophy room that is i'm such a small part in joe's machine joe's got that <laughs> thing down um and we're growing it's crazy because it's playstation playstation 5 is coming out like that is sure that's pretty much just kind of like show up and it kind of happens almost um 
that sounded really egotistical. <laughs> I take that back. Uh, but like, just count yeah, the dollars my, they my... show up. And... <laughs> yeah, when I just sit back with my cigar, right. <laughs> my martini. Um, but yeah, when it comes to like milestones, I only set them for like a thing that I do all by myself. The other two, I, Mike Mixtandro on Twitter, he does all the editing and stuff. So I kind of, I don't have the same attachment to that. Not that I don't love them, but Best Friends Dog Funny is like my my thing. Gotcha. I wonder if the yeah. ability you have, we have whatever, 10,000 different podcasts going. I wonder if that ability is just coming from the fact that like there's so much demand for these kind of stripped down experiences. Like you see kind of funny leaving IGN. That was a big deal to create their own thing. I feel like are people now gravitating towards these, maybe not smaller, but like these more personal conversations when it comes to at least games in the games industry. Like I feel like there's a huge demand for these, these more personal kind of experiences. Yeah, I, I definitely think so. And I definitely think the importance of having as many different voices as possible is is in huge demand. And that's great. Uh, I love that you can go listen to five different shows and every single show will have a different take on like God of War. You sure. know what I mean? Like some people love it. Some people hate it. Like I, I love that that stuff's out there. There's a show for everybody. So yeah, the, the feeling of kind of going out on your own and pulling yourself up by the bootstraps as the, the old folks say right um i think that's that that kind of energy is out there at all times now. so yeah i definitely feel that i wonder too if like because uh, i was a fan you know growing up i loved uh, g4 or you know tech tv yeah. like those those like highly produced oh God. have you have you seen g4 uh clips lately uh not uh not recently i did go down a youtube okay. rabbit hole like about the history of g4 like how that okay. came up but like no is it just not aging Some... well some of it does not age well, <laughs> especially when it comes to like the female co-host. Or like Attack of the Show was kind of notorious for. I think, yeah, was that when like Spike TV kind of took over and had more influence on stuff, and it was very. It was around those. Yeah, yeah. I think there was um, there's a tweet a couple of days ago. I forgot who sent it, but it was just pictures of like the female co-host licking new systems. Gotcha. Just for no reason. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you're just sexualizing them because they're right. pretty ladies and they're gaming, and that's what old gaming nerds want to see. You know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of stuff, I'm glad that it's in the past. <laughs> right. No, it definitely took a turn. But like, I did love that idea of watching this quote unquote show where they would, people would talk about it, but it definitely kind yeah. of, that whole thing died out. But I loved, was it X-Play, you know, with Adam Sessler and Morgan Webb. Um, just recently, there was a bunch of tweets from Adam Sessler. I don't know if you got to catch that, but he was kind of talking about behind, behind the scenes, like how uh, X-Play kind of fell apart and how it was such an expensive thing to keep going where it's kind of hard. Mm. He predicts like there's no way to really do that kind of show nowadays, just like production wise, cost wise. Oh yeah. No, I, I haven't caught those, but I can imagine like, uh, it's such a, a niche. I can't, I can never say that word. Yeah, is That's it niche or niche or like niche, one. niche? I don't know. One of those things. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a, a market that is, doesn't have a whole lot of viewership back then. Um, like I'm, I'm shocked that even had time on, on cable box on TV for right. me to dedicate to video games. So I can I can totally understand uh, to run that show is probably major expensive. Yeah, and like, I'm, I'm happy with with the way it is now. Right, like yep. everyone's just doing it at home, which is a whole other crazy thing to see. Is all these people who are in these big studios now are at home and yeah. have the same issues that we have doing stuff like yep. hearing people in the background. Like I don't have to worry about hearing my niece's footsteps upstairs anymore. <laughs> like I get it, everyone's doing that. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of funny. Like I was just talking to someone about that because I'll. Often I'll go on YouTube and watch like is it whether Jimmy Fallon or um, all these you know top tier like uh, late night hosts they're all doing it from home obviously but like there's now a quick you know switch to a stripped down just like Skype kind of conversation where I wonder as we leave it will people realize like maybe we don't need we don't always have to rely on like these huge production sets when people just kind of want more of a personal conversation. Yeah, yeah, I've also thought the same thing. Like if if it's obviously working and people are tuning in and not sure. being like, Oh, they're at home. I, I'm going to skip that episode or, or whatever. Like right. it's, it's working. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see how crazy like the tonight show set will be like, are they going to put in all this money into that? Or are they going to worry about just like the content and the conversation and whatnot? Yeah. Like uh, also with uh, just sets or an audience, I really, now I cringe yeah. at the fact that they have a conversation, have to have a conversation with like uh, a studio in front of them or like people in front of them reacting to what they say. It's like, that's all just kind of bullshit. Just have the people talk to each other about whatever they're talking about. Yeah. 
and I think when it comes to like promoting movies and stuff, because that's pretty much what talk shows are. I think there's more to gain from watching YouTube react videos from YouTubers. I think that's way better than having the star of the the, the movie come on and and fake talk about it. Like right. I I feel like I can see through that now. Younger, now it's like, very oh, obvious. Man, it's so obvious that they they pre talk about whatever they're going to talk about on air, and it's just like okay, yep. I get it. That's why I I love like longer unscripted type things. Yep. Like uh, David Letterman's thing he had on Netflix where he just sat down for like an hour with people. Like, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that was really cool. Or stuff like Hot Ones. I don't know if you ever watch Hot Ones on YouTube. Oh, Hot Ones is great. Yeah, it's a very stripped down. Of course, they're doing something that's crazy stressful. And, you know, but it's like yeah. very much mm-hmm. them in a room and that's it. They're just hanging out. They're just talking. Like, I think that's uh, I wonder if people now are going to seek that mainstream wise. Like, yeah, we a lot of people yeah. listen to podcasts. We do. We're big fans of it. But mainstream wise, if they might. Uh, demand more of like a personal experience they see you in their home they get to know you and i'm hoping that we can all yeah. cut through the bullshit you know a little bit more absolutely i i think you brought up hot ones which is a great example because there's so many times i watch that with somebody and like oh man you did your research that's a really good question right. like it, they're they're applauding sean evans for the work he's putting into research and ask them questions that have never been asked before which makes it interesting Yep. Like I can watch Brad Pitt go on every single talk show and it's pretty much the same talking points for like a couple minutes and then talk about the movie. It's the same stuff, just recycled. So the fact if someone's going to put in the effort to it, that's like one of my favorite things kind of funny does is we have cool friends. Yeah. So just to sit down with somebody, just talk and like, sure, maybe Greg has bullet points he wants to hit, but if they veer off, he goes with it. Right. <laughs> it's not like he sticks to it. Like that's something I think everyone should probably learn from what I try to do. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. There's also uh, there's another guy that does this. He's popular on YouTube, but he started out elsewhere. But it's Nardwar. He interviews different um, like musical, uh, you know, performers, comedians. Oh, cool. But it's very much like that. Like he does super deep research and finds stuff from their childhood. Like it all relates to wow. music. Whatever he shows them, but uh, it's super nuts. If you ever catch it, he's interviewed like really just like the top celebrities, top artists, and he just whatever awesome. research team he has, they just go into super depth and pull something up. Yeah. you know, like a weird high school photo that no one else has that he somehow has it and it's, it's really cool <laughs> that's crazy yeah With, i always wondered how they do that how do they get all that yeah hard to find stuff because you think at some point somebody's mom would be like hey some weird guy called me about you know whatever <laughs> when you had a pimple in third grade or whatever the hell it's like somebody yeah, would, would exactly find that <laughs> Now, with uh, do you have any uh, advice for future podcasters? I'm a huge fan of you guys. You guys seem to be like dialed into what you're doing. Is there stuff you learned along, along the way that you can help out with just, you know, roadblocks that you guys experienced that you can shed some light on? Yeah, I think um, something that I've only just begun to kind of embrace is, is going to sound weird, but kind of like embrace the awkwardness mm. when you get started uh, because it's very weird when you're just talking to a screen like and it's you know with technology sometimes technology will mess up and it will make the conversation not seem smooth or whatever and you'll probably cringe at your own voice but as long as you embrace it and you understand that everyone goes through the same thing when they start like i i think it will make you better and it will make you not worry about that anymore and then when you're not worrying about that the stuff that you want to talk about will come out and be totally fine uh yeah that that's my main thing is is to kind of just embrace yourself do what you want to do don't let anyone pressure you to change it up whatever you want to talk about one thing talk about that one thing don't try to don't try to worry about merch or like all that (laughs) stuff do it because you want to do it yeah no it's you got to lean into those awkward handshakes you know and just like absolutely hold it for longer you know go in for the hug when they have the hand (laughs) yeah that's fine Nice. Uh, well, yeah, Kyle, really appreciate you being here. And uh, I want to get into some, just some stuff that's been happening lately. Uh, Star Wars Day was today, May the 4th. You know, So yeah. may the 4th be with you. Um, now, and also with you. I, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> Kudos. And then, uh, so with uh, some of the Star Wars stuff, where do you lie on like the newer movies? I'm a big fan of the newer, the, the last three that came out. Yeah. I dug them. I love going to the movies to actually see a Star Wars movie. But um, okay, how have you remember felt- going to the movies? Right. Remember that? <laughs> Yeah, it's it I sucks, miss it man. So much. Yeah, I hear you, hundred uh, percent. Where did you lie on some uh, of the newer ones? I love them. I I don't understand why people hate the Last Jedi. I think that might be one of my favorite ones out of these three. You know what? I, um, I highly agree with you on that. I, and uh, it's going to be a hot take for everyone Star Wars Star Wars fan out there. It did something different. 
It, it, it is the most newly looking and feeling Star Wars movie out of all the Star Wars movies. So that's why I think I dug it so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I loved, I love Force Awakens slash Jedi, Rise of Skywalker. They're all amazing. Like any, any, when it comes to me and my movie taste, if I can escape this reality for a couple hours, I'm good. Right. When I'm, when I'm thinking about what's going on out after the movie while I'm watching the movie, that means there's a problem. Right. And Star Wars, Star Wars, that doesn't happen to me, no matter what it is. Like, I don't know the ins and outs. So like, if there's an Easter egg, I'm not going to get that, but that doesn't distract from me loving Star Wars. Yeah. It's, I'm in the same boat where, especially these last three, like I remember, for the first of the trilogy coming out, um, uh, as a Force Awakens. Yeah, I remember being in line, yeah, waiting to see the movie, and the door kept opening in front of us because we were like first in line as people came out in and out of the bathroom, going into the in, into the theater, hearing the like laser sounds and Chewbacca yelling in the background. It's like, oh shit, this is Star Wars. It's like it was so cool yeah. to have that yeah. reinvigorated, and I had a blast watching them. It's 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 all Star Wars. Like I didn't see understand all the hate because it's like. Did someone shoot a laser? Was there a lightsaber fight? It's Star Wars. They hit all those yeah. those bullet points. And yeah, you touched on it where they improved, they changed stuff. Like, I had a blast. Yeah. If I think the only way I would be disappointed if it changed completely into a different genre of movie. Like, it was... Mm. Like, you know what? We're not going to do lightsabers anymore. You know what? <laughs> We're going to turn into, like, I don't know, a, a, a teen drama. Right. Like a rom-com or type Twilight Full-on rom-com. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Did you see there's a new Twilight book? I by heard the way? something about that. Why? Yeah. Why? <laughs> is it from what's his face's perspective? Is that the whole thing? I all I saw was there was a new book, and I quickly scrolled along. <laughs> yeah. You know what? If you want to uh, induce some nightmares right before you go to sleep, if you look at the last on YouTube, you can find the last Twilight movie. They CGI'd a baby for some reason in the movie, <laughs> and it's it's fucking oh, terrible. No. It's like I don't know why not just get a real baby. But it's this baby that's yeah. like smiling and and like uh, doing a dab. There's like no reason for the CGI baby. Oh jeez, it's bad. But uh, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, it's also crazy to look at movies around that time and be like, man, we're not that far away. Why did the CG look so bad? Right, right. I'm a huge <laughs> nerd for like movies that do practical effects. So I think those movies always stand yeah, the same. test of time. Whether it's like mm-hmm. The Thing or just I don't know T2. Like those movies always last longer visually because they went the extra mile and did the miniatures and the special effects and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. With star Wars. Um, I actually really dug, um, the Mandalorian. I feel like that was maybe one of my more favorite experiences lately. I feel like they, whatever they did, it was a sort of different take on the genre. It was more like of a Western Mm -hmm. style, you know, I guess, but I really hope that they lean into these different genres that they can pursue that are still related to star Wars. There's such a huge mind you can, you can, or, or something you can mine from that. Yeah, I, I I dug the Mandalorian as well. I didn't I didn't finish it. Mm. Um, I just I didn't feel the pull to go go back and finish like the last two episodes. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I just bring new stories. It's kind of what I want. Yep. So yeah, I'm down for anything and everything. I mean, Baby Yoda, come on now. Right. That's the a child. Thing. Excuse me. The child. Don't don't come at me. It's not Baby Yoda. It's, it's Baby Yoda. Come on. We can all. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you I can't know. make it look like a baby and call it. Come on. They, I'm I'm leaning. I'm Team Baby Yoda. All right. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Especially with Mandalorian. Like watch rewatch those last uh, episodes. That's when it really starts to pop off. I, I really loved how they end that. Um. One of the things they announced today too was uh, Taika Waititi is who directed I think the last for sure yes. last episode of Mandalorian is going to do his mm-hmm. own take and he's like he's the guy to get because he can reinvigorate a franchise he can add so much weirdness and funniness to it like that's a absolutely no-brainer. the the way he took Thor from Thor two yep. and made Ragnarok and like made Thor fun yep. like that is amazing and I just binged all of what we do in the shadows oh uh, nice last week the show so I'm all. The show and the movie, because gotcha. I haven't seen any of it before. And I am all in on the Taika train. Like, I, I can't wait to watch Jojo Rabbit. I didn't watch that yet. Oh, that one's good. So, like, that one's real good. It's very, I've heard many great things. Um, If he can take that weirdness and do a Star Wars, like, mockumentary-style movie, <laughs> I'm so in for that. Whoa. Like, with the sto- like following a stormtrooper around or something? You know, what if they do like, that'd the... That'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. What if they do... There's that SNL skit where it's What's-His-Face, the technician. Just do that yes, into a movie. Yes, but... <laughs> Is it Ben the technician? I think or something? so. Or Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be so good. <laughs> it's it's a great. Uh, I think people are realizing this now that you can kind of trust comedians 
and people in comedy to to do a take have a different take on stuff whether it's um yeah uh, i forget the um the movie now it's, it's i'm blanking on it but it's um not the outside it's the oh gosh darn it um it's uh oh man i'm get out it. get out there you go so you have the director jordan peele, jordan peele. yes yeah thank you uh, he's a comedian, yeah. and he did a, a really great take on horror, and he's just killing yeah. it every movie he's doing. But yeah, you'd like trust on those weird comedic brains to kind of switch things up. Because I think I forgot who said said this. It must have been like an interview or something. But somebody said that comedy is so harder to get right, so hard to get right, where the other things you can kind of like luck into getting a jump scare or here or whatever. Mm. But comedy, you have to really. If it's not funny, it's not funny. So you have to work hard to make that work. So if you take those same type of that work ethic and bring it to other genres, I think it's going to hit the nail on the head and hit it out of the park. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I want to, I'm hoping these uh, industries, these um, companies, you know, trust more comedians to do stuff because that's, that's the, that's the ticket right there. But yeah, one thing they also announced was, um, so there's another, just two more shows going to Disney plus that are Disney, uh, or that are star Wars focused, but one of them is from the creator of Russian doll. Did you watch that show at all on Netflix? I did not. That's with, uh, Oh God. Yeah. I remember she's the from orange in the new black. Yes. Right? Yes. She's super dope. I forget her name, but yeah, she's a really great actress. Um, okay. she's American not, pie as well. Yes. She's not in it, but like yeah. that show creator is creating it. Her name's uh, Leslie oh, Headland. Um, but yeah, so there's a bunch, bunch of stuff coming to, that's always the risk, the risk though, with star Wars is that to oversaturate it, you know, like sometimes I think they need to take a break or make sure every experience is like widely different. Yeah. I, I think you kind of felt that way with, uh, not me personally and probably not you seeing your, your Marvel background, but a lot of people got burnt down on Marvel real quick. Cause it was like Marvel movie after Marvel movie. Um, I loved it, but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm fine with it. Right. I want as much Marvel as possible. Uh, but yeah, I can see if you have too much of a good thing, it, it becomes sour. Right, right. Um, one of the other things they announced was, or it was just kind of a premiering very soon, is the Clone Wars um, uh, end of that show, end of that uh, series finale. Did you watch any of the Clone Wars animated show at all? I keep hearing it's dope. Uh, but... None. Yeah. Yeah, same. It's just so much there. It's like how many seasons? And when anytime I hear of a new show, it's so daunting to jump in. It's kind of, it turns me off mm-hmm. for some reason, but. Yeah, the the amount of shows that I have not watched because they're too long is right long. The list is long. Even um, with the quarantine, it's still I, I'll find an excuse not to watch yeah, stuff. Exactly. Uh, and then if I watch something, then people yell at me that I didn't finish Persona Five Royal yet. <laughs> so like, there's give and take. But I've heard many great things of Clone Wars, and just seeing people's reactions to the episode, uh, the final episode, like right. And it's obviously emotional. It obviously did something made a reaction so it's got to be good yeah no i hear you and then they also announced uh, lego star wars the skywalker saga which is like all of the movies oh, yeah into a game it sounds really insane for them to pull that off but they're not just which i thought initially they're just stitching the actual lego games i think this is its own complete experience it's a complete remake yeah of every single lego star wars game and it's all in one package wow. um i believe this was part of i think it was part of e3 last year um oh, when they gotcha. talked about it briefly and i think some people said it behind closed doors it's not the same lego gameplay formula either interesting there's like cover now and like it's a new engine so it's going to be a completely different experience Whoa. so i'm very 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 excited yeah because i kind of dabble into the various lego games i think i played a lego marvel uh game at some point yeah um and it's I- my favorite one my first playstation 4 platinum Oh, nice. Lego Marvel superheroes, yeah. Is that the one with, I know there's a, uh, the one I, that's the reason why I, I played it was because uh, Galactus was in it. I'm a huge Galactus fan. But one of them mm-hmm. that I played, Galactus is at the end. You fight him, then you unlock him. But I don't remember if that was the same one. I think that's the first one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. It's I'm, been a while. I'm super stoked and it's coming out. The least Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga is coming out on every platform known to man. So. I feel like we're going to see it in a couple of days, honestly. It's possible. Xbox, Xbox has their yep, things. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So we'll see what they have under their sleeve. I'm super uh, freaking stoked for that. Or like I'm with so uh, Jeff Keighley has his summer blowout oh, bonanza thing so happening. Happy. Right. <laughs> it, t- it took me at, at like a very sad state where I'm not going to see all these next gen reveals and stuff to now like we're going to get them all the time. I'm like, yep. yes. Which, Hallelujah. Yeah. And, and to take a step back, like that's a great, that's a way better model because really with E3, we're, it's so much packed into one thing, you know, one a week, basically three days mm-hmm. and a lot of stuff can be missed. And so with you spreading it out, it's just way more announcements over that whole three month span. Like that's the way to go. And I didn't realize that's what I want. Yeah. yeah give, give games the time to shine. Mm-hmm. Like I, 
if you're a fan of, of a particular studio and you look at uh the what was it Summerfest is the I think name so. Of it? Yeah, yeah. Uh if you look at that Summerfest page and it's only phase 1 and the list of developers on there, like everyone's going to have one on there that they're super stoked stoked for. Right. So I think that's cool for the fans of each individual franchise that's in there to get excited and, and hyped like i know seeing the wb logo on that thing of like hell yeah dude it's about where's fucking Batman? time yeah they can't where's leave harry this... that harry potter leaks business yep. where is it <laughs> yeah they cannot leave this year without announcing that that batman game because it's been like what yeah. tease so much you know with the weird symbols and stuff it's like you can't end this year without showing that off yeah. or officially announcing yep. it rocksteady where you at right like come on let's go <laughs> right yeah with uh that also makes me think with jeff Keighley at least uh, how does that affect the game awards? Because he's always seeking out these huge gets, mm-hmm. these huge announcements. Is that you know dip into that well at all, or that's just its own experience? It's not going to mess yeah. with game awards at all. That's weird to think because he also is running the Gamescom thing too. Oh, interesting. Okay, I didn't uh, he's he's doing that. He's like doing the. Oh my god, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the run through of that digital event this year. Oh, gotcha. Uh, as well, so. I, I trust Jeff to have surprises and keep some aside. And I'm sure there's games that we're not going to see in the summer thing that we'll see later. Especially if, uh, big if, the consoles launch later this year Yeah, with the state of the world. Right, that's I'm a whole sure other... got surprises left. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I, it's, it changes every day. But like I feel maybe at least today, I feel more positive that we're reaching that that. Uh fall time release but like just last week i felt way more negative i guess hearing like last of us finally having a date and these things kind of rolling out i feel like maybe we're getting on par and sony saying they don't expect to sell as many so it's like maybe they're just expecting to kind of do a softer release now with the state of the world i I think when it comes to like sony and playstation 5 they were like we're expecting to ship out like four million ps5s whatever compared to ps4s which i think were five or six million so it's not really that big of a deal in my gotcha. mind it's still millions of consoles right um and i think if you're if you are so dead set on getting one i'm sure you'll probably get your hands on one um but yeah i'm just i i was with you i was very down about just the state of playstation yep um but then then we we get the dual sense controller we get just last week saying hey we're gonna see next gen games from xbox right okay that's all I want to see. I'm all about the games. Like I would love to see what the PS5 box looks like. Oh but sure, give me the games. They might not show give me that Horizon until... Zero Dawn too. Yeah, you know what exactly. I mean. They might not show the PS5 until you order it and it shows up at your door. Like it might be that kind of situation. <laughs> I'm fine with that. I don't care. <laughs> you know what? I also love that leaked or like uh, not concept, but it was the dev kit that came out, which looked like a weird Lamborghini with vents. I actually yeah, or the dig pizza that warmer. Look. Yeah, with the pizza warmer. Yeah. yeah <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. God knows what people are going to put in that little holder thing. Yeah. But yeah whatever exactly. that. I love that design. I, I want them to go weird with it. And I also am a fan yeah. of the boomerang, you know, that concept PS3 controller. Like, mm. I want them to lean into mm-hmm. that weirdness. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm also with you. I like that V design also because V is five in Roman numerals. So I, maybe that is the thing. Yep. Um, I just don't want it to look exactly like what Series X is or. Uh, the yeah. same thing as PS4. Like I, I love when the PS4 got revealed, and it was a slanty, cool-looking box. It didn't look like just a rectangle, rectangular thing like right. every other system is. It has some uniqueness to it. So if they can keep going in that direction, I'm, I'm down for anything. Yeah, no, I highly agree, and I think that they are learning from the past mistakes with like say the launch of the PS3, they kind of uh, had so much hubris with thinking, oh, people are just going to buy it no matter what. I think they really yeah. learned. They lost that gen. So it's. I feel like they're, I'm hoping that they're riding this wave and understanding. And also like, that's the reason why we're not hearing a price or something. They're really waiting to see what Xbox does. They're smarter now and mm-hmm. learning and trying to adjust in real time and not just like think, oh, no matter what, people are going to buy it. Yeah, that was why the year uh, Xbox One and PS4 came out, that E3, when PlayStation went after Microsoft and did the whole video of shoe handing yep. Adam boys the game case, like this is how you share games. Like yep. holy crap, it's so smart, it's so trolly. But like it, that was probably the best conference that they've ever had. Yeah, um, because they learned what their competitor was doing and waited and kind of like dropped the mic. Right. That was the most drop the mic moment I think I've <laughs> seen in gaming. 
Yeah, pretty much. I mean, and then that also makes me so excited for Xbox because it's like they're up against the wall. They're now going to take the most chances, make the most weird yeah. decisions. So I love that now they're in a position where they have to gain ground. And so they're going to try these mm-hmm. these these crazy maneuvers. And so it's like it's only gamers win in this scenario when they compete with each other like that. Yeah, I back in the day, I was definitely one of those kids like, oh, Microsoft, you suck. Why are you playing Xbox, man? <laughs> PlayStation's better. But then I got wiser, and as I got older, I'm like, no, gaming is best when everyone's running at, at full full speed. Right. So, like, I'm I'm so happy with what Microsoft seems they're doing, buying these cool studios, uh, you know, being the ones to be, like, speak about the Game Awards last year, when we saw Series X, and that was a surprise. Yep. Like, they're, they're like, hey, we're still in this thing. Come, you know, come experience our ecosystem of games. And I think that's where it comes down to is you bought these studios. Now let's see what they're working on. And let's see if it can, I don't like saying this, but like compete with PlayStation's first party stuff. I mean, well, they, you're right. I mean, they definitely do. Sony does have the best, you know, uh, when it comes to PlayStation, their first party studios are top tier. Like, uh, so they've, mm-hmm. they've put in the work for these past, you know, 10 years or whatever, really focusing on those studios, 15 years. Um, so it's now up to Microsoft to, to, follow suit and prove that they have the same strength but yeah and i i actually have faith that they're going to do that i think they're they're doing what sony did with ps3 gen they learned from their mistakes and they're not going to want to repeat that because they saw how it went for them yeah and you mentioned like only uh, way to go but up right and it's like only gamers win when this kind of stuff happens i mean look around at at, with like stadia look around with like game pass you can now play games almost anywhere you can stream Mm -hmm. you can play pay for a subscription it's like we're in a weird time where now there's the the barrier the bar the barrier for entry is so low that's like anyone can be a gamer you can just you need a controller or a phone you can jump in yep ps now is so close to being that it's so it's almost there (laughs) it's almost there i want to see them make bigger games on there Right. Yeah, just like not don't take games off the service. I think that's a huge, especially when it comes to the first party stuff. Stuff like why it yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. Like why was God of War only on there for like a month? Right. Like right. and Spider Man's leaving. I think in September or whatever. Like why? Why do that? Just keep them on there. Right. You want to give people, you know, users a, a reason to keep their subscription to jump in for the first time. Yeah. You want to keep those yeah. huge properties there. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that's one That's one area where Xbox is definitely leading. And, I mean, that's the thing. It's like they compete, we win, because they're really trying to get your hard-earned dollars. Mm-hmm. So I, I love it right now. I I, did... I'm baffled at how that model works. They they the just give out these brand-new – yeah, the brand-new games available to play on Game Pass and no extra fee. Yeah. Like, that blows my mind. And, like, they – what was the number last week? They said 10 million Game Pass Oh, yeah, there's a lot of days that came like that. out. You're right. Yeah, uh, it's nuts. Yeah, it's insane. So it's obviously working for him, but like, wow, what a gamble. And it worked out for him, like, huge. Yeah, yeah, you kind of want to get in good graces with gamers, and that's that's the thing. You drop the bar so Absolutely. low. You have so much on the other fence, other side of the fence, where it's mm-hmm. like, hey, just come on, join. I played so many games this last year having Game Pass, whether it was Outer Worlds or Wilds. I always fuck those two up. I always mix them together. Yeah. Uh, yep. But yeah, so many games like that that I would never... Uh, maybe I would have waited longer to try and I got to try them. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that the devs are compensated, that they're able to keep that model going. Cause you're right. It seems like it's a huge loss, but it, I guess yeah. at the end of the day, and I feel like the next gen battle is going to be for subscriptions, getting everyone on board, paying whatever monthly. Cause that's mm-hmm. what's going to appease their shareholders and way more than like than actual software sales is keeping people on a subscription. Yeah. I mean, this gen was before game pass and PS now, which is even a joke of a battle, but like it was games with gold versus PS plus offerings. Like it was always that battle there and PS plus was winning out on that most of the time. Um, Now it's going to turn into what does game pass offer? What does PS now offer? And the, 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 um, the little competitor at the door, just knocking, letting him in that is stadia. Like, Hey, I'm here too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they, they gotta, gotta find a way. And Amazon, I think is working on one too. Like they gotta mm. find a way PlayStation specifically to really make PS now something that people want and experience. Cause like I bought, uh, two weeks ago, there was a sale for, it was discounted for a year. So instead of like 60 bucks, it was like $45. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I didn't end up buying it. So yeah. I jumped on it because, like, I know Infamous 1 and 2 are on there, and I've been dying to play those games again since I don't have my PS3. And 
So like I've been dabbling here and there and it works pretty great. Like yeah. it's still a little laggy, but the game like they now give you options to download the bigger stuff right. so you don't have to worry about the streaming late latency. So they're getting there, but like they need to make a huge stride whether that bundled it with PS Plus to kind of like get people in there yeah. and cuz Game Pass is just running away with it. There must be a reason why they don't bundle it because Xbox also doesn't bundle it. You have to pay for live separate yeah. from Game Pass. There must be a reason why. Maybe it's just way too expensive to do that, but that's the ticket. If you could at least, like, if you could um, ensure, like, a year's worth, like, you know, of, of a yeah. bundle, maybe when you buy the next-gen console. Like, if they were to do something like that, that would be that would be awesome, but I, it must be just mm-hmm. too expensive is what I wonder. Yeah, it's got to be because I don't know what is what is live on its own. Is it like sixty bucks for for a, a year. year? Yeah, and I forget. I think Game that's Pass what PS Plus is. Yeah, yes, yeah. It's just it's a lot of subscription stuff. They need to find a way to make it cheaper, but not really make them lose out money on their end. Right. Yeah. Or it's cheaper, but more loot boxes somehow or something. You're paying per level. I don't know how yep. that works, but mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> they do have to. They are a company. They got to make money somehow. Uh, Absolutely. I, I guess keeping on the next gen stuff, what are you imagining just roughly like, what are you imagining we're seeing as a price point for PS five? Like, what are you kind of dabble in your brain with what, what to expect? Man, I think it's going to be 500 bucks. Yeah. That's what um, I'm at. Which me in high school, be like, Oh man, that's a lot of money. It's still a lot of money now, but like I can probably swing that if I have to as yeah. a, an adult, uh i use that word loosely adult <laughs> yeah um but i i think that's kind of where they're at uh i i can't see them taking a huge loss from all these reports of the components that make up the ps5 right like i think 400 is too low yep um maybe 450 if they i think is their max before the max they're willing to lose on it when they sell it for a loss but I think 500 is probably what it's going to be. And I think they'll probably kind of like uh, alleviate that sting by like maybe bundling a huge game with it or something like that. I yep. think that'd be a good way to do it, but who knows? Yeah. It's kind of interesting because $500 in the console world does sound like a lot, but like I'm looking into yeah. building a new PC and it's easily gets to the thousand dollar range. If you want to yeah. have, um, you know, the, the cool new lighting effect, it's not HDR. It's, um, whatever the hell every uh, like, ray tracing there you go yeah rtx or whatever ray yeah. tracing just having mm-hmm. that just having vr ability it's easily a thousand dollars so the, for them to yeah. cram all this tech into 500 machines is nuts mm-hmm. and so it's actually a steal but we're still you know tied to these this old way of looking at it where 500 dollars and it's for sure it's a lot of money but it's like just considering yeah. how much goes into that it's kind of a, an amazing deal when you think about it i think also sony's waiting to hear about that rumored lower price xbox series s mm. or whatever it is because like if if they could come in and be like here's a 200 hundred dollar box that only streams games like that's probably a huge problem and i think if they do that then maybe playstation will drop it even lower i don't know but like interesting that's it that's a steal if if people can get a next gen console for like 200 bucks or 250 right sure it's no physical media but like you can still play here here's game pass look at all the games you can play you know yep. like it's PlayStation is up against the wall when it comes to this. So like they need to figure it out soon. Yeah, you're totally right because they are at the, they're in the lead, but if they want to keep that crown, they have to uh-huh. be able to on the fly, you know, make these adjustments. I wonder if the fact that they have PS4 standard PS4 pro that gives them that range of, of price availability that they can compete mm-hmm. where they don't need to have their own like Lockhart version. I also wonder where, yeah, if you're streaming, like a lot of the, what's in the news now is like a lot of these games, at least first year, a lot of them are going to have this ability to go to be on PlayStation or like base model, current gen, and also next gen. So that gives them a, mm-hmm. also a little bit more play. But I wonder if they necessarily don't have to compete with like a Lockhart version. Yeah, I mean, that is that is a great point. If, if the games are coming out and you can play them on the system you already own, and it, it, you get them on this next gen and it just looks prettier, because that is all it is at the end of the day. It's yeah. just a prettier looking model. Um like the, this whole smart delivery thing, I still don't understand how it works. <laughs> it's a bit and, confusing. I, and I, I also don't understand how people are saying it's going to be like a huge, completely different thing. Like, it's really just like, it's going to look prettier. Right. Like, you're not getting extra content from the Xbox Series X version than you are Xbox One. So no, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it's a convenience thing for sure. Right. And I imagine that as these, uh, the software wise, it becomes like they're just developing for PC. You're just like, 
creating these different tiers, much like you would on a PC. You have your ultra settings, your medium, your low. And so it's able to scale depending on what model you have. So maybe like at the end of the day, that's all they do behind the scenes is just making it work that way. So you're right. You're not getting any extra yeah. high fidelity models. You're just getting like slightly up res or low res models. Uh, I don't know. Cause I don't know how it fucking works. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. yeah, no, <laughs> I like, especially when I think of like cyberpunk, like right. I think that's probably already games already look pretty damn beautiful now. So yeah. Especially with it's not gonna be a huge difference, I don't think. I, I, with except for like the load time things, I can't wait for faster load time. That's gonna be nuts. That's a definitely game changer where you can just turn on your your Xbox, you know, your PS5, and it just starts like, and you can juggle between oh, five different games. Yeah. Like that's beautiful. I mean, also when it comes to the games itself, because did you play Final Fantasy VII Remake? I did not. Okay, there's there's a lot of things where you have to like shimmy across this small gap and it's clear it's there to load. Right. right. And it's in that game a lot. So without that, like imagine the amount of level design that developers can make. And I think that's one of my favorite thing that Mark Cerny said in that very dry GDC <laughs> presentation. A couple months ago cutouts, when he was, yeah. yeah. When he was talking about um, the load times and how that will benefit developers and make cooler levels and not have to worry about hiding them. Like, yep. I think that's dope. That's really cool. I highly agree. That's something I'm, I'm really anticipating, just you know, letting the, just giving them full capacity to not have to put these, you know, different hurdles that like we're used to with loading stuff. Now mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about it. You can swing a Spider-Man from one side of Manhattan oh, to the man. other, lightning fast. That's nuts. Yeah. Say goodbye to fast travel, you know, right. like it's, or if there is fast travel, boom, you're yep. there. You, you don't put the controller down, check Twitter. And then right. 30 seconds later, <laughs> have to pick it up again. You have to stay locked in. Yeah, Kyle, when, when am I going to find the time to peruse the internet if I'm not doing that during loading screens? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe there'll be like a plug-in where it's just in the corner of the screen. Your Twitter right. feed will be be there as well. <laughs> or retro mode where it says like disk error and you have to like do yeah. something to your yes. Xbox to just give you more time or PS4. <laughs> That'd be great. Now with, um, we mentioned a little bit of like some of these games coming out with, uh, I'm kind of amazed with, uh, with Last of Us 2. Seeing the just the gameplay stuff of it, how it's able to run on like a base model. I feel like I wonder if that's going to be an issue because it's just so crazy beautiful. It's kind of amazing they can squeeze that much power out of standard PS4 all the way up to PS4 Pro. It's pretty mind-boggling, yeah. but uh, I can't wait for for, uh, for Last of Us 2 for sure. But I just as oh, I'm yeah. looking through footage, like, of course, avoiding the spoiler stuff, um, like of the re- release footage anyways, like their certified footage, uh, I'm just blown away how insanely beautiful it is. Oh, yeah. It is easily my most anticipated game now that Final Fantasy VII Remake is out. Um, I can't wait to get that in my hands and play it on my 4K TV and just take it all in. Yep. I, I will I will take my time with this one. Oh, yeah. Because it, it is a game I don't we don't need. Like, The Last of, Last of Us 1 is a standalone thing on its own, and I love it for it. We don't need a part two. Right. The fact that they're gifting us this new experience in this world with naughty dog storytelling with neil at the helm like whew, i am i am very 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 excited about it but like you said i don't know how my pro is even going to handle it yeah it's gonna like, have... it, the the fans go crazy when i go in the menu <laughs> yeah. and days gone or yep. control had issues on my pro when i play and that's my game of the year but it still ran not that great sometimes so the fact that it, everything is so dense in the environments and right. I I just don't I don't get it. It's magic, man. It's yeah, for <laughs> sure, hundred percent magic. And I know this morning I woke up to um, uh, Neil Druckmann. He did a he did a message saying like the game's gone gold, and so we're actually in the home stretch. Like it's pretty amazing to now awesome. finally be this close to The Last of Us too. Yeah, and when you think about it, before all this COVID stuff, we would have already been playing Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> yep, yep, that's the bummer. And Cyberpunk, right? Like it's insane. Although at the end of the day, we'd be playing versions of the game that don't have that. I mean, the game's never done. Like the devs could keep working on it forever, yeah, but like absolutely. they wouldn't have this mm-hmm. polish that they. Um, I'm glad they get to put on it, and so I I am grateful. Yeah. But of course, it's a huge bummer to not be able to play these. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm a little worried about Last of Us. Uh, not Last of Us. Um, Iron Man VR. The others don't mention. Still doesn't have a date, yep. and like, that's probably going to be a VR seller. And if you're running into a new system, I don't think it's smart to be pushing a game for a VR unit when you have a new system coming out. Pick, yeah, having people choose between the two. I don't know. That I'm I'm worried about that game. 
That's very true. Yeah, there was no mention about because that was tied into the Last of Us delay originally a couple months ago or a month ago, and yeah. now mm-hmm. there's no mention on the status of that. Yeah. So it is. It and is I played crazy. it at Comic Con. It's cool. Nice. It's definitely it's super cool. Like if you put your hands down like Iron Man, you will boost up. It's that's very. Awesome. It's like you think like Iron Man. That's how you're gonna move, and it, it was super cool. So I'm excited to see what the full thing is. But like, where's it gonna land now? It's, right. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, and, and I imagine a few years from now, like it's really not on the conversation now, but like a PSVR too. What are they thinking with that? I feel like that's still a ways off. But as Iron Man starts to take longer, it's it's you want to kind of mm-hmm. uh, you want to partition that with PS PSVR one and start to switch yeah. to the future when you start to show off new games. Absolutely. Yeah, it's tough. Um, do you have a PSVR? I do. Nice, nice. I always, uh, yeah, you know, I, every couple of years to think about, or months rather, like jumping in, but I mm-hmm. just haven't yet. And, and so I, I haven't played it in a while, and it sucks because this is where it's like bad PlayStation. Mm. They made the little converter box that you have to hook up in the PS4. Like, it doesn't support HDR. Oh, okay. So with my 4K TV, if I want to play games in HDR, I have to unhook the VR unit. Oh, and we plug in the HDMI back to where it's supposed to go, so it's just too much of a hassle. So I just keep it unplugged until my nieces bu- bug me enough to play the headset game. <laughs> so then I pu- go through it. So I'm hoping whatever PSVR two is like, it's either the Oculus, uh, Oculus Go, no, no, the Quest Oculus, is the standalone. The Quest, yeah, no wires, none of that. Yep. Like it's way easier to do because the wires is also a huge issue and i've tripped over it a bunch of times playing beat saber Uh, like it is uh it's an issue so if they can make little quality of life stuff like that i think psvr2 is going to be huge for placing yeah no i i I agree and like i've heard that same issues with the the wires and whatnot and and this is the the first go around so like i'm really hoping they improve it it seems like they're still focused on vr and still dedicated so i'm hoping that they stick with it I hope they don't do to VR what they did to the Vita. Yeah. <laughs> I'll never forgive them for letting the Vita just die like that. It's so strange. I mean, I'd love to hear eventually like a Jason Trier, like breakdown behind the scenes. Like what happened? Mm-hmm. Why did they decide to just, was it, I'm, I'm sure sales weren't good. Maybe, yeah. but also they just completely abandoned it. Yeah. Send Danny O'Dwyer, do a no clip documentary. 100%. I want to know what the heck happened. Why did you just abandon this thing? Cause there is some really great stuff on the Vita. Yep. But nobody would know because they didn't really market it well and none of the first party stuff was done to success, like a huge success that way. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's missed opportunity for sure. I, th- I hope we get another handheld down the line. It's, it, the, the, that's a thing though. Like they kind of burn that install base. So like, how do you promise another Vita 2? Like, how do you get on good graces with gamers again with what the way they mm-hmm. abandoned it? Like, it's a really tough, they're in a tough position to do something else. Yeah, it, it at this point it's just be like, hey, you love the Switch? Here's the Vita. It does like the same right. thing, <laughs> but I don't know if that would even work. <laughs> yeah, and they really like left that market for the Vita to just swallow it whole. Like they, it's surprising to see these companies just give way to another competitor, and they they totally did that. They're the only ones in line yeah. to really compete with something like the Switch, like the like whatever Nintendo has, and they just abandon it. Yeah, and Xbox had or. Their Game Pass, right? Their what was it called? X Cloud. Yeah, that's true. Thing. Yeah, like the- they they have the X Cloud thing where you can just play on your phone and hook a controller up to it. So, PlayStation once again is is the the odd man out. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I'd love to hear behind the scenes with the Vita. That's a whole another thing. Like, yeah. But eventually, mm-hmm. I think it will see the light of day. What the hell happened back there? All right, Kyle. Well, yeah, that's that's it, man. That's all I really wanted to touch on. We talked uh, talked about a lot of this stuff here. The big, uh, you know, things recently, like at least with PSVR, I know I just caught this morning, just like there's always patents around, but with Sony kind of releasing another patent with like um, a fingerless or like a, a way to track PSVR, it's like a handle you hold on, mm-hmm. but it tracks your fingers oh. much like the Oculus. Um, oh, sweet. Um, or the, no, not the, the Valve Index. They have that high-end one that okay. actually tracks your fingers and stuff. Um, so that was a That'd news. great. But it was a patent, so who knows what they'll do with mm-hmm. that. Yeah. I, I always thought like the PS5 controller that is now DualSense I thought that whatever it would be that the sides come off. And there was pens like that. I remember VR. that. Yeah. So even the dual sense kind of looks like that with like the grooves. It looks like those things can come off. Whoa. Um, I just think that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. 
less less things to go out and buy even though they want you to go out and buy right. it. but like <laughs> it just makes sense yeah and i can't wait for i really am trying to jump into more vr stuff but like on the pc end i've tried to stay away from watching any of uh, valve or any of a uh, half-life alex gameplay but like over the mm. weekend started watching some stuff from ign they had a walkthrough the first like two hours and it's so freaking gorgeous and just like just amazing how the animations look. I gotta play this game, so I'm really trying to like yeah. sell my car or something. I gotta get an index <laughs> and get a PC. Yeah, it, it, I I think it was a Rooster Teeth podcast where Gavin was from Achievement Hunter was talking about it. How he finished that game and he was just crying, not because he was sad. It's just because he was just like he couldn't believe that was a thing that he just got to play. Yeah, that's how crazy in depth and and uh what's the word i'm looking for uh monumental i guess mm. in, in what it's doing for vr so like i'm that will never be me i won't have i won't be able to get that unless it comes yeah. to vr psvr2 or whatever See, but that's a huge whew. get if they could uh, when they finally do announce psvr if they can say you know what and it comes or it's day and day one like you can actually play half-life alex on it that's huge like mm-hmm. to bring half-life to or to bring alex rather to consoles that's where it can really blow up because it's still tied to a niche market with vr it's still yeah. you have a expensive rig you need like a expensive headset so it's like that would mm-hmm. be the money maker the huge uh app killer you know the kind of thing to bring to psvr yeah. and there's there's hope right because another star wars news from today the vader immortal oh, right. vr thing is coming to psvr yep so like there there there's hope out there uh, but just we'll have to wait a little while longer, I guess. I agree. I agree. Well, Kyle, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I really appreciate being on the show. Uh, can I give you a second to plug, you know, all the stuff you're doing, all the, the, the 5,000 podcasts you have going? Sure. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being uh, here. Anytime, anytime you want me back, I will gladly come. You got it. Um, my personal Twitter is at whodatninja73 on Twitter. Uh, my show all about the kind of funny community is best friends talk funny at BFS talk funny and pretty much wherever podcast services are at. You can listen to it there. Uh, if you like PlayStation PS, the trophy room on Twitter and the trophy room on YouTube. If you search for that, uh, you'll find the video versions. And if you're ever in New York, hit up kind of NYC.com for future community meetups when it comes to kind of funny best friends and find uh, our gaming podcast platform agnostic there as well as dollar slice podcast which is our conversation thing. But yeah, that's about, oh, twitch.tv slash kind of NYC. We're starting streaming now that we're stuck at home. Nice. So if you want to do that, give us a follow over there as well. You got it. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you.